listening to episode 275 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at the Netflix horror series, The Haunting of Hill House. And uh, how you doing? We uh, have been just jumping into things of late. I haven't asked you how you are. Yeah, uh, I'm good. You know, like it's uh, a super busy time of year that hopefully will be slightly less busy as we ended our fall across season and cross country ended for my son. Uh, so that's good. We still got ice hockey and field hockey we're down to, but a little bit more manageable schedule, I think. Though I, I said to my wife today, I'm like, you know, a bunch of things just ended. Aren't we supposed to be having like free time now? Because we like really don't. So. Well, and you were just mentioning it's your favorite time of year as a teacher, parent conferences. Yes. Love it. Oh, my God. And by now, actually, it- I mean, conferences actually are not bad in and of themselves. You know, like, um, I've, I think in my entire career, I've only really had two conferences that were, like, antagonistic and bad. And that's, you know, almost, um, well, I've been doing this for, like, like uh, 23 years, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, so in and of themselves, they're fine, and, and they're pretty good experiences and nice, and you're just talking to people and everything. It's cool. But, um, but yeah, it's just, like, so much. You know, you just got, like, if you had to, like, I, was, I guess if you were, like, a, um, you know, an HR person and you were, you know, interviewing one person after another after another for, you know, three days, then that's kind of, you know, like what conferences are like. Yeah, they do seem to get repetitive after a while, but... It is what it is. I think the parents just want to yes. sit down with you and. Yeah. Yes, your kid's wonderful. They're getting an A. So why are you here? Yeah. Anyway, speaking of antagonistic, uh, we want to remind you we'd love to hear from you. Emails to sci fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. Go to the website, leave a audio clip if you'd like using the leave voicemail tab. Send us a tweet at sci fi TV rewatch and consider joining the Facebook group and get into the discussions there. Now, in terms of news, I want to thank Cap America's Shield and 45 Ember for the iTunes reviews. I mean, we we really, number one, appreciate you guys taking the time and the effort to do that. Uh, We know a lot of podcasts really uh, try to get the audience to go to iTunes, leave reviews, and that's just never something we've really stressed. I mean, Wayne and I would love it if you do, but... I don't know. You know, everybody's busy. You guys have a lot going on in your lives as well. So we appreciate it if you want to take the time, and we understand if you don't have the time. Sure. So, all right. Now, for crying out, find the time. (laughs) Yeah. Now, the other thing I want to acknowledge are our listeners in the UK because numbers have increased from across the pond. And we're never exactly sure why. I understand that the BBC, I believe, was running a rewatch of Primeval. So maybe that's what caused the bump up in numbers. I don't know. But Spike, um, you know, there it is. So, hey, yeah. Thank you, United Kingdom, for our country and our rating spike. Yes. All right, now, my tip of the week is, on the one hand, going to come as no surprise because everybody knows I've become very fond of non-genre international television, and my wife and I are currently exploring a show out of Denmark titled Rita. 
and it's available on Netflix. And it follows the titular protagonist as she navigates the Danish education system. And she's the school's. You said tit. I know. As the school's <laughs> most popular teacher, at least among the students, Rita refuses to conform to the time worn expectations, but she always has her students' best interests at heart. She's a personal and emotional mess as she's raising her three children, ages 15 to 22, alone. And truth be told, they've all turned out pretty well considering their mother, who they love to death. But as they often say among themselves, mom is weird. And <laughs> she she is. Now, yeah, it's okay. not known whether there's going to be a fifth season, but four seasons, eight episodes each from 2012 to 2017, uh, it's funny, it's emotional as Rita struggles. In the end, really, it's a struggle to love herself. And she's such an engaging character. We're watching it with English subtitles and the original Danish. There is no English audio. And the interesting thing is I've had a number of questions for Fred, and, and I know Fred's from the Netherlands, but it is up in his neck of the woods and he's been really helpful with things about the education systems, which I found, I find fascinating. So Rita, Netflix, Denmark, what do you got for us All this right. week? Well, <clears throat> um, I know I, I mentioned it, but, uh, before, but I completed daredevil, uh, season was it season three. Yeah. Whatever season was season three. And it was awesome. It was so good. I think probably the best of the three. Um, just really superb storytelling. And, um, yeah, I don't want to say too much about it because I don't want to spoil it. But it was awesome. And the cinematography, I thought, like, artistically speaking, um, was just, you know, out of this world. Did that tell you last time about the, the fight scene in the jail? I did, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was just... I still think about that so much. It was just so amazing the way it was shot. Um, but there was other stuff like that as well. It was great. Um, you know, I, I think, did you send me or maybe I just saw that, uh, or I, think, I guess someone posted in Sci-Fi TV Watch that uh, Netflix might be canceling Daredevil and Jessica Jones as well. And I'm just like, I just can't, I just can't imagine that. Hap you know, like just, I mean, I don't know. Well, that's pretty much the whole Marvel library then they've canceled. Right, right, right. I guess they're just giving up on the the comic book thing altogether. Um, if they do that, obviously. But uh, I just can't see them doing it. I mean, I know those two shows are super popular. I mean, Daredevil especially is like crazy popular. Like, I don't get why they would do that. It seems like, I don't know. I mean, I know they're probably expensive to produce and Marvel probably puts them through the ringer for the, the rights to it. But yeah, I don't know. It was great. It was so good. Cool. All right. Well, why don't we talk about The Haunting of Hill House? This is episode 103 entitled- right. But before we do, Dave- Go ahead. I have a Project X. Oh, okay. Remember Project X? I do. Back in the days. So yeah. like So I figured there was something we could talk about before we get into this, and that is psychometry. Okay. You Which know what is? psychometry is? I don't. That's when people can touch things and sense things about them. Okay. It's like it's never been proven. Right. So it's a thing in like TV shows a lot. And actually, I saw a couple websites that actually talked about it, like it's an actual thing, um, but it's not actually a thing. 
Yeah. But but there's this idea that, um, you know, like a person can take like, uh, like in this episode when um, Theo handles the, the box and she's like, well, wait, hold on. This is this is fancy. Right. Um, so that's that's exactly what uh, the, someone who possesses the skill of psychometry would be able to do. And so that kind of actually investigating this, I, I kind of got into like police forces that use psychics in their police force. And because there's a couple TV shows, or at least there were like was uh, the, the the medium one, right? Remember with who was oh, yeah. that? The lady in medium. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, don't know. think she touched things. You know, and, and so, and I think I guess um, uh, I Zombie to also to a degree is like that as well. Now they don't touch things and and sense them. I think in medium, I I, I never saw me, but I read about it. And it looks like she she would get visions in her dreams or something like that of people who were killed, and then she would use these to help the police. Um, so I guess at one time, police or every now and then there are some police forces that actually employed psychics, but um, apparently those that did uh, came up with very limited results. So that you know the idea of someone you know seeing with their fourth eye and uh, helping solve crimes is again like psychometry is not a thing. So, okay. well, I would think also that if they are correct in their predictions for the police force, then they become a suspect because the police are going to figure, well, right. how else did you know that? Yeah. Wait, how do you, right, right, right. Oh, oh there's, there's one other really, uh, you know, a, a good example of psychometry is in the force awakens when Ray touches Luke's lightsaber, right? Good point. You remember that? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that one. I know. Yeah. I thought you did. So, the good one. So, okay. Is that it? All right, so that's it. That's, All right, that's, cool. that's, that's Project X back after a, I don't know how, how many years it's been since we've done the Project X. I would think at least maybe three years, maybe yeah, longer. Three, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because pretty much for the entire run of Lost Girl, we were doing Project Xs, and I think 99% of them were yours. I don't think I ever did any, maybe one, but. Yeah, because Probably. there's always some like creature to talk about or you know whatever you know mythical thing that they're dealing with that week. I, I would talk about in Project X, but uh, the shows we've done so far have been a little less on the mythology. So, all right, cool. They should do American Gods. Oh, or not? <laughs> I, know, I know you don't want to do it. So. I know. All right, so uh, episode three, season one titled touch and, and this is theo's episode it was written on, by. i got some singing to do first come on come on come on come on and touch me babe can't you see that i am not afraid okay i got well, i got another song but i'll save it for later all right uh <laughs> written by liz fang who wrote for the strain and colony directed again by mike flanagan now as we said this is theo's episode and one of the things that Fred brings up in his feedback, and he's got a lot of photographs that he'll, I'm sure, upload onto the Facebook group. But Kate Siegel, who plays adult Theo, I didn't realize she's married to Mike Flanagan, which is oh. pretty cool. Yeah. Now, opening scene. That'd be a, a tough house to live in if she didn't get the part. Yeah. <laughs> now, one of the things that Hill House has really done is keep us guessing as to what's real and what's not and in this episode yeah what's a dream what's a memory and right away we we've got 
Theo imagining we guess that Nellie's gotten into bed with her you know as a child and even feels Nellie squeezing her hand too tightly and then when she turns to look Nellie's not there so we know it's adult Theo it seems that is experiencing this vision but like I said we don't know whether it's a memory a dream or perhaps both I mean do you have any right insight into no that? no I was, I was about to say we just we, we we don't and you know like I said last week that um, I feel like the things we've seen at least so far could be explained as phenomena that we are already familiar with you know except for her super ability to touch things and sense them um, I, I it's the same thing for here but but this this you know this ability that she has is not uh, you know, something that is, you know, actual, you know, documented, provable stuff. You know, like, I mean, there's all kinds of tales. And, of course, we have stories of people who handle things and sense what they are and everything like that. But, um, you know, so, so, but still everything else, I think even in this episode can be explained. And I would even go so far as to say her psychometry wouldn't necessarily be some kind of superpower or just a really, really super smart kid who is also aware and sensitive and, and is able to process information around her very quickly and accurately, you know? And I think that's one of the things that we've really got to grapple with because I, I hear what you're saying is that she just is really adept at reading visual clues and body language perhaps and and you know just making sense of what she sees but uh, it sure seems like it's more than that but uh, you know we'll table that for now because you know in this dream as i said she feels nelly's hand squeezing her and then of course nelly's not there i missed it the first time around because you know we've got to ask well whose hand is squeezing hers this nightmare seems to coincide with Nellie's death. So right. I wonder, is it Nellie that's squeezing her hand? And then of course that would fly in the face of what you just said is that there are logical, plausible uh, explanations for all of these things that we're looking at as supernatural. All right. Now each child interprets the Hill House experience differently. And, and uh, now I can't even remember who lays it out. It might be, I think it is Theo. She says that their father had what she calls a tabloid horror show. So we're not really sure what he told the tabloids. And you wonder whether it was just to make money. Was it to unburden himself? guilt perhaps uh, you'll wonder why somebody that went through such a such a uh, you know dark event in their life would, would want to speak about it yeah um you know it, it what i got from it is he said something to the cops like right after that night and that somehow made it to the press i don't think he tried to put it out there i think he just you know in his uh, grief and trauma he said something suggesting the house was haunted and and, and then that you know just kind of got legs and then um yeah okay and, and that makes sense but then luke and nelly she says 
were fixated on telling ghost stories, Shirley and Stevens' yeah. explanations were that everybody's crazy and that Theo just wants to move on. And she even mentions, you know, maybe it's the fact that I'm the middle child. And, you know, maybe right. it is. But Yeah, like literally the middle, like stuck smack in the middle, right? Right. Now, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, her gift. And one of the things I wondered about, obviously she has a difficult time coping with this gift, which is why she eventually adopts the gloves at her mother's urging. Did she have this gift before the family moved to Hill House? I mean, we don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I was actually wondering that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything that we see, except for like her, even what we saw before, her general aloofness, which you know could possibly be a defense mechanism that she built in order to avoid this. So I would say this is something that maybe you know was something that she was maybe a little bit aware of before but i think uh being in hill house it she's able to really um you know kind of explore this gift yeah i wonder if there's just more stimuli at hill house than any other place they've lived now the other thing i love in this episode is, is the adult theo shirley relationship that has been able to survive all the turmoil of their youth Even Stephen's book, although we wonder whether it's going to survive the secret that uh, we're uh, let in on, at least to a a little bit. I think we can fill in the rest of the blanks as to what what the uh, checkbook is all about that Shirley finds. But well, I mean, we we know pretty much. I mean, by the end of this, we we pretty much know it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yes and no, but. We don't know 100%, but I mean, we're pre- yeah, 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 we're pretty sure. So, um, just, uh, there, you, you had said that she, the, the nightmare she had on the night of, of Nell's death was the Mr. Smiley nightmare, not the, um, not the hand coming around her nightmare. Oh, it wasn't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just, I, I was just, had jumped forward in my notes a little bit and saw it. I'm like, oh, okay, wait a second. But, okay. um, but I'm sorry, I just I just just stopped. No, 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 that's dead right there. I'm sorry. Well, and, and, and one of the one of the things in this episode, yeah, is that they do they start a scene and then they jump to something else, right? And then they come back to it later on. So yeah, now they do. That I think like we knew this lot. already. Like they are just completely going back and forth between the past and the present, like the whole time, right? Now as a child psychologist in the present. And, and we also get a little bit of the recent past, certainly you know, way after Hill House, but still is important. And we, and we learn that Theo's got a PhD in psychology. And we are initially uh, let in on a session she's having with a young girl who looks to be about six or seven, telling the story of the man who haunts her, as you said, Mr. Smiley. And I love what Theo tells her, and, and this is probably one of the reasons she's able to get through to these kids, is she says, we make ourselves safe and no one ever gets in. And you just kind of alluded a few minutes ago about her building up you know, walls around her, and, and certainly that's something she right. acknowledges as well. Yeah, I thought that was terrible. 
like that seems like very very bad like uh, you're supposed to in psych in child psychology i think you're supposed to get the the kids to let down their walls right like her 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 defense mechanisms do not make her a happy person well that's keep her from other people well that's right but i don't think she's uh asking these children to build the wall she she's acknowledging that that's what they've done and but she tells her it's good well, right? I, well, yeah. I mean, I guess I interpreted that she, she does. Was, she tells no. She tells the kids. She literally says that that that's a good thing. Okay. She tells the kid. Okay. Now, I thought that was. I don't. If there's, if we have psychologists out there, you can let us know. I found that to be kind of bad advice, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, we do notice she's not wearing gloves during the session, and you know, right. I think in the first episode I had mentioned, and Fred corrected me that. Uh, she wears gloves because she's a germaphobe, but I am pretty sure that she told somebody that, and I, and I could be wrong on that, but my guess would be she's got to have an explanation to people that are asking her why she's always wearing gloves, and right. germaphobe seems to be something that would probably satisfy most people's curiosity, so we know right. that's not why she wears them, but... Right. Well, you can't tell people, well, when I touch people, I see their deepest, darkest secrets. Right. Like that's, that's, a, that's a conversation ender right there. So is it fair that she talks to her child clients without the gloves? Yeah. Well, that's, she's right. And she touches the kid, right? Yeah. When she hands over the doll or she gets the doll, I guess, from the kid, um, you know, she touches her and she mentions later how she wasn't able to read the kid because the kid, as you said, had put up all these defense mechanisms. Now, I would suspect it's probably routine for a child psychologist to use a dollhouse and dolls for the child to basically act out what experiences are, are causing their distress. But because of Hill House, I couldn't help but find it fascinating that that she decides sure. to employ that method now her next client yeah, if, is if i a, were her i would i wouldn't have any i don't even know if i would live in a house if I were her. <laughs> yeah but you know now her next client's a young boy and, and and again you know she's not wearing any gloves she can get a better read on the kids problems and issues but then she goes into her file cabinet and in the back is a paperback copy of steven's first book and then she flashes back to the adult kids minus Luke as they're discussing the book. And this is where he offers each of them 8% of the profits. And I was really taken by Shirley's attitude. And we've seen this before, but she basically bullies the others into calling it right. blood money to the point where they have no choice but to go along. And, sure. and you realize, really, none of them want to go along. Yeah, well, I mean, they obviously should be able to make their own decision. But, yeah, surely, yeah, she takes center stage and, and sp- like, speaks for all of them, basically. And um, you can see the others probably just not used to standing up to Shirley, so they let her go. See, my oldest sister might be kind of like that as well. So um, I, I get the uh you know the dynamic for this uh you know she's younger than me but she's the uh, oldest of the other siblings and so i i kind of i i i relate 
to the relationship between Stephen and Shirley here. Now, did you find it odd or expected that Theo hasn't even read Stephen's book at this point? I I mean, that's totally unsurprising, right? I mean, that just seems like, like... that's kind of like her thing, right? Yeah. I she doesn't care. She doesn't, can't be bothered. Like, But how could the curiosity not be enough to make you want to pick it up? I mean, she didn't throw the book out initially. She's got it in her file cabinet. So, so there is that. But I think she does throw it away in this scene, right? Throws it in the trash can. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, well, I mean, she took the money, so you know, ulti- ultimately, so you think she should have, might as well go ahead and read the book then at that yeah, point. Yeah, and we know she does eventually because she tells Stephen that he got something wrong, which I would contend he really didn't get it wrong, right? I mean, she says in the book, you say that Luke found the seller, but it was really me. Well, no, it was Luke, right? I mean, Luke went down in the dumbwaiter. Yeah. He did, but he didn't find the way to access it. Well, that's right? true. Like she found the ladder. So, but yeah, I, I guess you're right. Like, like, yeah. You, I mean, you gotta give Luke a little credit. I mean, he's the one who was like traumatized. Well, right. But you right? said she found the ladder, but she knew to look for the ladder because Luke told her about because it. Because of Luke, right? True, true, true. So, I, I maybe I'm ascribing more importance to that little scene than really it warrants but uh, again i did find that you know something that that did surprise me a little bit because theo does seem to be the one and i know you'll probably disagree with me that has her head on the straightest about what happened at hill house and what may turn out is that she's the most screwed up of all but doesn't seem that way. No, at this point. no I, I don't. I don't think that there's there's when you got Luke and, and Nelly in here. I don't think we, there's any way at all that we could say that that uh, she's the most screwed up. Okay. But um, I don't think. Yeah, I, I still don't think. Like I, I think she has some reactions to the time at Hill House that while they're not as dramatic as Luke and Nell's. Um, is still pretty bad, and I guess. But now, if we if we take that, she probably had this ability before Hill House, right? I'm, I feel like she might have been able to find a way to cultivate it, kind of have a normal life and normal relationships with people. But Hill House, as you know, as we see at the end when she um, when Hugh grabs her arm, has really kind of messed her up with these abilities that she has and so that she doesn't want to use them and and also then has you know developed this coping technique or this defense mechanism of you know pushing everyone away okay. well what about the scene where somebody or something is pulling the covers toward her feet i mean are are these right. things as we said we don't know whether they're dreams or memories are they dreams that she's basically turned into metaphors for things that have happened in her life a, a means of explaining horrors that she experienced or i mean what do you think i i mean that i thought was kind of just straight up a nightmare that she was having because of of you know what she'd heard from the girl and, and she as she said you know like the girl has gotten into her head so that she's seeing her version of Mr. Smiley, um, you know, in her own dreams. Okay, so is it Mr. Smiley that's pulling the covers off? And, and, and certainly the covers represent the, the obvious of protection. 
that wall we talk about and, and that something is taking her wall down against you know her her wishes right but you know she she yeah I, I think i think that that creature that thing is is her manifestation of what she sees as mr smiley right and he doesn't have any kind of a face really like uh right. what's that one character that's uh made a, he's like a, tr- a tree no i can't think oh of in, in what I, I think it might even be doctor who but now i can't remember all right anyway um well shirley shows up at her door with the news of nelly's death so uh, again are, are are all of these things connected they all wake up at 303 a.m i mean we don't see that in this episode but but clearly there's some sort of a connection i mean you know i mean if something happens to happen to you and your sisters at a certain time i mean it's one thing if one of you wakes up at that but they all do i don't know i don't know yeah yeah now i i I mean that that is that's a thing that you know i you know i i couldn't claim to be able to explain that by you know standard you know what we know of the natural world right now yeah now you know last week we were talking about nell's wedding her husband what happened to the marriage and i I, we really get a great scene i mean everything has been so tense and this scene at her wedding really kind of lightens the mood a little bit i i think it's a really wonderful scene they've they're already married they're at the reception but Nell's stressed because the the best man, the, the maid of honor speeches were already 10 minutes late and she's looking for her maid of honor who's missing in action. So she and, St- she and Stephen go in search and, of course, they hear the maid of honor having sex in one of the rooms and they've got a little bet, okay, which groomsman is she with? And then, of course, it turns out to be Theo. And I, right. I love the reaction they just hug each other and and it's it's just total acceptance that it, it, it's like they, right. they don't even bat but, an but eye it's first of yeah well they do bat a little bit because they're you know they're, they're kind of looking at each other like whoa you know like we didn't know well, we didn't know you're into bridesmaids you know? yeah um so you know, it, it's it, it's like that moment of like, well, no, I, I don't, I don't disapprove or anything like that. It's just, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just a little shocked because you know I didn't know that. It's, it's like if if she had come out and said, "I'm like, uh, I'm a neo-Nazi or something like that." It's like, well, okay, they probably wouldn't have been down with that. But you know, saying I, like I joined a cult or something, right? Uh, they might be like, okay, well, we, we don't necessarily say that's a bad thing, but you know, okay, well, that maybe that's a bad example too. But yeah, you, you know, you get my point. <laughs> I know what you're like, about. like it's just like they're just shocked at first. It's not that they disapprove; it's just they're shocked. And then, as you said afterwards, com- complete acceptance and everything. So yeah, and, and given everything we've seen, I, I just it 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 was placed perfectly, and I, I hope we get more scenes. With, with that sort of a tone, um, I'm guessing we won't get too many of them, but the co- no. the conversation... Right, cause, yeah, because we haven't really had any kind of like, you know, like comic relief in this show. Uh, no, no. Now, the conversation that Shirley and Theo have 
after they find out that Nell has killed herself. And, you know, they're talking about, well, what are we going to tell your kids? But Theo's reaction, I think, really is on point. She's angry at Nellie because she knows what suicide does to a family. She fucking knew better, and she did it anyway. Right. And it goes back to the mother, and we do get that flash that Theo has of her mother. You know, I guess for whatever reason, I always felt like the mother hung herself. But that tells a different story, don't you think? Yeah. Well, when she like yeah, bangs her head against the wall or whatever, or has her head banged against the wall. Well, no, she has that. It's like the one side of her oh, face. Right, 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 right. So then I wonder, did she shoot herself? And is that why the father? Yeah. Look, it would be bad enough for your children to see their mother hanging, or you know, afterwards, but to see a gunshot blast to the face would be. Yeah. yeah. But it was so quick. And, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to pause on that for anything. I'm sorry, but, um, but yeah, so it was, it was difficult to see like, you know, what, what the, uh, the injury was, but it certainly didn't look like she hanged herself. It, right. It looks like something, some kind of head trauma. Right. Right. So now, um, Theo makes a house call, and and this is where I wonder, you know, is it really fair using her superpower the way she does? And I, I know, and I agree with you, because you said, yes, it is fair. And, and, and I think it is, because at the end, she's really bringing justice to these children that need it. And as soon as she starts descending the stairs, when she tells the parents, I know this sounds weird, but do you mind if I check out your basement? And she's taking off her gloves, and we know right away what she's planning to do. And then when she lies on that couch, uh, you know, I, I guess I felt like there's more to her experience than just this kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. I felt like she was experiencing it as the kid experienced it, you know, but with the understanding of what was like a kid. Um, the girl seems to have to, you know, be experiencing displacement where, you know, this she kind of goes somewhere else when it happens. And so she's not dealing with it on a conscious level, whereas um, Theo here is experiencing what I, I thought was experiencing the horror of, of what happened to her, but also understanding it on a conscious adult level. Okay, so you don't think there's any hint that perhaps Theo was a victim of sexual abuse as a child. You just think it was I, I mean, purely. Yeah. In that particular instance. But, you know, when we look at everything together, you know, like, you know, with, with, I mean, the evidence is, is there to make that case. I think, you know, that you said that, that she did experience uh, sexual abuse as a child uh, from her reaction, from her, um, you know, how adamant she is to, you know, find out what's going on with this kid as as well. And her ability, I mean, she kind of goes there right away. Like, I think she walks into that place. She's just suspecting the foster dad of doing that. So, you know, how does she know that? Is that because she's, well, she could have seen before as a psychologist, but she also maybe knows the signs uh, right away because she's experienced the same thing. So, yeah. Now, you know, we, we mentioned, 
Theo taking money from Stephen. She gets a check for $15,000 that she tells him she's going to use to get her PhD. And, of course, Shirley doesn't know that, about like, it. She's going to go for one semester? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe this was uh, you know, earlier when it was somewhat affordable. But uh, yeah. that, that scene where she goes in to see Nell's body, and she just says, oh. Jesus wept. Now, I had to look it up. I mean, I, I'm certainly aware of that, as I think they claim it's the shortest sentence in the Bible. But it's a biblical reference to when Jesus finds Lazarus dead, and he ultimately prays for his resurrection. So I wonder, again, why that? Why those two words as she looks at her dead sister's body lying on the table? You know, is is there some suggestion that, you know, that that Nell is not quite dead, or that they're going to be able to bring her back. So yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't see that happening. I don't think this is going to be like where we get some grand reset, where um, you know, everything is turned back and everyone is, you know, young and happy again. And and they, you know, maybe they're walking up the hill house. All of a sudden, Hugh says, "You know what? Now that I'm looking at this house. I don't like it. Let's get out of here. Let's go and do live somewhere else." You know, um, I, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Well, I was a little bit surprised that she takes off her gloves and touches Nell's forehead. And at first, we don't see anything. And you wonder, all right, is it because Nell's dead that she's not really getting any feelings? But then she's startled. She backs away. She starts screaming. What is it she sees that startles her? Yeah. Something pretty bad. Like, it doesn't startle her. It horrifies her. Like, she, I mean, she, like, you know, like her mother told her in this episode how brave she is. She is unbelievably brave. Like, Theo is incredibly, like, going into the foster parents' house, like, going right down to the den and all the, like, a lot of people could just blow that off and said, ah, you know, it's fine. I'm not going to bother with it. But she's confronts it, right? When the dad is getting, you know, driven away, she doesn't look away. She, you know, she stares right at him as he pulls away. He stares at her. So, um, you know, she is not afraid of confrontation. She's, she's not going to back down. Uh, you know, when she goes down that basement by herself when she's just a kid. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, you know, I, I, well, I, I, start I hate to think going is, down in my own basement. Oh, my God. You're not kidding. But I, I, I wonder whether what she sees is what Nell saw at Hill House. As that's, a, I, that's exactly what I think yeah. she sees. As opposed to maybe that Nell really didn't kill herself, perhaps she was murdered. Nah, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's it, it goes back to Hill House. A, a, and then Shirley's husband finds Theo drinking on the porch, and she tells him, you know, your wife found your solo checkbook, so you better come up with something. You know, a mistress... Something that's going to piss her off less than the truth. Yeah, a mistress or a hidden family. Something that's yeah, going to piss yeah. her off less than the truth. Like, I, I mean, like you're like, holy cow. And we, and we know, we know. We, I mean, we pretty much know that Kevin's taking money from Stephen too, right? Sure, sure. And her dry wit is what's really 
leading her to be my favorite character. And, and she's probably a lot of people's favorite characters, I would think, at this point. Well, after this episode, I, you know, how could she not be? Sure. Right? Yeah. Now, the girl that she had the one night stand with uh, ends up back at Theo's place and yeah, she wants to talk. And, and, you know, and, and she's interested in perhaps having a relationship. You know, let's do what people do. They sit down and talk. They get to know each other. And, of course, Theo has no interest in doing that. And, and that poor girl, it's like, well, you know, what was your day like? And, and Theo recounts her day, which was pretty horrific. And then she says she just needed help and no one was listening. It was just like Nellie. But the other thing I noticed, she's not wearing gloves when she's with this girl. Uh-huh. What's up with that? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, does she just want to... It seems like maybe a, a, a little bit of, of, you know, letting someone in. A little bit, I'm, maybe. I mean, does this girl just not give off any vibes? or <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But... All right, well, let's go back to Hill House in the past. And, you know, you mentioned that scene where Theo's helping her dad go through stuff from the house that they might sell, and he gives her a box that he thinks is junk, and, of course, she senses there's something special about it. And whether it's the box that she noticed it was more finely crafted than an ordinary box, but, I mean, what is she, like 11 or 12, do you think, at that point? I mean, is that um, is that something yeah, a kid that a, age is really going to notice? Well, no, no, you know, probably not. Uh, you know, when I said that, I think that she is um, just really smart, perceptive. I was just like an alternative to you know, like as a way we that this could be explained. But I, I, I think that obviously she is actually. I mean, especially with with Nell. I mean, when we see that with Nell, I mean that you can't really explain that like. If she saw what Nell saw, that that's that's nothing that can come from just observation. You know, so she clearly does have like this actual ability to touch things and then to read them and understand them at some kind of level. And you know, we're starting to learn about Hill House, and we're also starting to get a better feel for Olivia. And we got that scene where she's talking to Mrs. Dudley about cold spots that appear sort of randomly throughout that room and poor mrs dudley is like well no i don't i don't feel anything and and she brings theo in but i'm not sure whether mrs dudley is lying because she's trying to make mom seem crazy or whether she really doesn't feel them i mean theo says it, the whole house is cold. It feels cold to me everywhere. Right. So yeah, that, that's great because like you know, like Olivia's like kind of like moving her around. Like, what about here? She's like, yeah, here. And then and uh, finally we realize, well, no, she's not feeling this cold spot. It's just cold everywhere for her. So right. So you know, we see, and next week we're going to get to see the twins, Luke and Nelly, uh, in their episode. I presume by the title of it, but the three of the younger ones are playing and whatever she touches seems to register. I mean, they enter a bedroom and Luke notices a bad smell that Theo doesn't. But then when she touches the bed, she gets the feeling that this was a sick bed. 
And I, I just, I mean, I know this house has probably had multiple owners through the years. I, we know the Hills owned it, I guess, before the Crane family bought it. But somebody died in this room, I assume. Is that what smell Luke notices? Or is it just the musty smell of an old house? Well, again, you know, if if both of them noticed it, then that would be something. But, you know, I mean, so <clears throat> Theo claims the whole house stinks. Um, but, you know, Luke is clearly smelling something different than what he smelled outside the room. Now, Theo doesn't smell it, but Theo touches the pillow and knows that it was the sick room. So I think, yeah, I think in each of their different way, they're perceiving the same thing. Right. And and who was it that described the house as being loud? Do you remember? I think uh, it's mom th- that says that. No, didn't Nellie? Maybe. I'm not sure. But but then we see. I think Nellie did. Nellie did when they first moved in. Okay. Now we, we see. Because she's telling that to Theo. Right, right. So we see Theo dancing alone in. You know, one of the rooms yep. in the house. She's got some... Paul Abdul. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, Cold Hearted by Paul Abdul. And somebody, Big hit in 89. Somebody outside the door turns the knob, starts banging on it, and then, of course, she looks under the door and doesn't see anybody. So, I mean, is somebody just messing with her? I mean, obviously, that would be the logical explanation as to as opposed to something supernatural, but... We've seen that whole creepy door handle turning, and, and their door handles in and of themselves are pretty darn creepy with those lions yes. or whatever they are on there. Yeah. Yeah. Why, I don't understand why people build these things in houses. Like, they're creepy. You know, like, it's not, I don't think they're any creepier now than they were then. I think they're probably even, might have even been creepier back then. Like, why do people build these things? Yeah. Like, the statues. Why are there so many statues there, Dave? It's, it's ridiculous. You have this big creepy house and you're going to populate it with statues? Are you kidding me? No, I agree. I agree. Now, um, yeah, and then we get that scene with Mrs. Dudley that is pretty revelatory. Dudley touches Theo's shoulder, and, and this is right after she scolds Luke for messing around with the dumb waiter. And, you know, as Theo says, well, you don't have to be so mean about it. And Mrs. Dudley well, says, fair enough. Maybe she needed to be a little bit meaner. Yes. Because no sooner do they leave and Luke is right back in there. Well, good point. But Theo says she's not mean. She's scared. And yeah. and Mrs. Dudley seems taken aback. So, of course, we're wondering what she's scared of and why does she always leave Hill House before dark? Because that right. comes out of that scene as well. Well, you wouldn't catch me in that house after dark oh either. Gosh. So I that I get. Yeah. Now, we've been talking about the dumb waiter and and Luke goes down instead of up, although it's certainly not deliberate on on uh, Theo's part. Ends up in some sort of a sub basement, rats, barrels, cobwebs. Dude, explain to me that humanoid thing crawling along the floor. Um, uh, I wish I could. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. That, except for that scared the living shit out of me. Yes. Yes. I was like, I was like, like grabbing the blanket terrified when I saw that, when the little, I don't know what flops out first, like a foot, maybe or an arm. I don't know. But when that happened, I was like, ah, 
Right. Now, yeah. because Luke's down there, we have to explain it away as, well, Luke's a little kid. He's terrified. That's what he sees. And we know, well, we're seeing what he thinks he sees. So still, something was moving down there. What was oh, it? Oh, yeah. And it clearly was know. bigger than a rat because we see that he sees the rats and he sees them yes. as rats. So I was not a rat. Yeah, clearly there's something else down there. And right, well, and, and also I think evidence that it's supernatural because when Theo goes down there and she finds the patch of his shirt, it's in the middle of the room. It's not like Luke never left the dumbwaiter, right? No, so no, no. This... He walked around because he had his flashlight out, and 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 the flashlight started no, to dim a I... little bit. But he was he was in the dumbware the whole time. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think he was walking around. I could be wrong. I, I don't th- okay. I so right. rarely am, right. but um, listen, that's what I tell my wife. Anyway. <laughs> I, I thought he had stayed in the dumbware the whole time. He was just sitting in the dumbware, like you know, flashing his light around. Um, yeah, he never left the dumbware because he won. He was expecting to get brought back up any minute now, right? Okay. Well. One of the things, obviously, we have to think about, it, and, and and we talked a few minutes ago, why does Nellie kill herself? Why has Luke turned into the mess that he's turned into? And I think we get a little bit of insight here, aside from the experience in the basement and any other experiences that he has at Hill House, that whole idea that nobody ever believes me. And, you know, right. he talks about the fact that his parents don't believe him about Abigail, the girl in the blue dress, or about the basement, which they say doesn't appear on the blueprints. And Theo touches his hand. I believe you. So what does she see? I mean, does she see that monster? Because you'd think if she saw the monster that he thinks he sees, wouldn't she, like she kind of jump wouldn't back? go down there, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. And, well, or is she that curious? I mean, there's there's that line between bravery and stupidity. Yeah, she's right. clearly not yeah, stupid. Which, which right? I, I I I agree with you that I don't think she saw the monster um, because absolutely, if she had a, I don't think she would have gone down there. And B, if she went down there, no way is she opening up the door in the back like that. You right. know, that's. When she did that, I was once again just like, no, 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 no. Right. And And then all she pulls out is a book. It's just such a letdown. Well, and the other thing, and I think I mentioned this last time, and Fred has a bunch of these in in terms in screen cap form where they go from one scene to another. In other words, uh, Theo picks up an apple and then it jumps to the present and she's eating the apple or maybe it was the other way around. And I just think they're really overdoing. I mean, it, it, it doesn't detract from it, but I, yeah, I get it. You, you can do this. And I, I don't know. I mean, am I being too harsh? Well, yeah, I think a little bit. Yeah. I think cause it's just a, a way to, um, to have that transition between the past and the present, you know, to, to to draw some links between the two rather than just harshly cutting from one scene in the past to something completely not having any kind of movement from the one scene to the next. Okay. I thought it was okay. Okay. Well, like you said, uh, 
there's no darn way I'm going in that room. And she opens the door. And on the one hand, I was a little disappointed that apparently all she found were old ledgers from when bootleggers owned this house or, you know, were working in this house or whatever. I wonder whether that's going to come into play for all of these things that are going on in the house. I mean, is it going to turn out to be something much more than just simply bootlegging? And then yeah. I, th- I think this Could is be. a scene where mom touches her shoulder and then that's when Theo sees her mother's bloodied face and, you know, leading me to uh, think what I had mentioned earlier about how mom kills herself. But right. Well, in, in the, the, when Hugh grabs her arm, we do see Olivia like kind of flying back into a wall and, and but it's the back of her head, though, right? So she's right. not. So that would explain the big wound on the front of her head. Yeah, and, and I mean the, the way it looked. Even if he punched her, which I guess I don't get the impression he's that kind of man. But no. even if he punched her full on closed fist, it wouldn't leave that kind of a result. So, hey, but, by the way, while we're talking about Hugh, did you know he's the guy who played Elliot in E.T. Oh my gosh! You know what? I di- I, I you know I didn't make that connection. I, I know Henry Thomas, and so I just read that today. I'm like, oh my god! Like Elliot, no way. So, and and then the other fascinating thing we find out is that the women in the family apparently experience different kinds of phenomenon you know olivia tells theo about her headaches implying that she has visions as did her mother and refers to her children as sensitive uh, sensitive to their surroundings and that's of course when she gives her the gloves and tells her they'll talk as she gets older so yeah again just adds to the mystery and leaves us with the final scene of the episode hill house the last night Hughes frantically telling Theo to get the twins in the car while he goes back for Shirley and Steven. But Theo balks, and when he touches her shoulder, she gets a vision, and it's this monster face. Is it Olivia? I mean, it's it's that scene where he's pushing Olivia into the wall, but um, it's just like all this screaming, don't touch me, don't touch me. And then that girl in the blue dress in the basement dead and a dead body. I mean, what exactly what? Yeah. I mean, there's things it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either, but, uh, anything else you want to bring up before we listen to Fred? So just one thing. Well, two things that obviously, uh, Theo has helped the cops before because she says, you know, you know, she's basically like, you know, hey, I've never been wrong before, right? Right. So so you know, maybe she's like, you know, medium, right? After she has a Mr. Smiley nightmare and um, Shirley, we see coming over there to, to tell her that Nell is dead. And um, so they're, they're sitting there and Shirley's like, I don't know what to tell the kids. And Theo basically feeds her almost word for word the speech that we heard Shirley say in the previous episode. 
right? So at the time, remember, like we even mentioned how, oh, she's such an awesome mom. Listen to how she's talking to the kids. She says just the right thing to the kids. And then we find out this episode that the whole thing was basically scripted by Theo. Oh, oh right. When, when the kids are at the door of the room. That's right. Oh, good catch. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because I, I started hearing what, what she was telling Shirley to say. I'm like, oh, my God, that's exactly what Shirley tells the kids. Like, that she's just telling what Theo told her to say. Wow. That's crazy. All right. Anything else? The only thing else I have to do is she seems to have an invisible touch. She reaches out and grabs a hold of your soul. All right. Did you really just sing Genesis <laughs> without Peter Gabriel? <sighs> I I just Ugh. I just sang a full on Phil Collins saccharine sugar pop. Genesis song. Uh, I did. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just I heard it on the radio, like when I was taking my daughter to field hockey. I'm like, oh <laughs> I said that's gotta make it on the show. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well let's uh listen to what Fred has to say sorry. this week about episode three. Hello, Dave and Wayne. This is Fred from Netherlands Feedback for the Hunting of Hill House, season one, episode three. First off. Wayne, congratulations on your 48th birthday. Something else. You were questioning last episode how much Halloween is a European thing. Well, when I grew up, and I'm 50 plus, this certainly was not a thing at all. Nowadays, it gradually gets bigger and bigger. Okay, about the episode. I have four major themes. There were too many fitting past, present switches. Last episode, we had only two. So Shirley and Olivia's craftsman sets. And the second one was the old and the new Halloween mask. And when I saw that one, I thought, okay, not a third one. That would be too much. But in this episode, especially in the first half or so, there were many more. So Theo is opening a door in Hill House and it becomes the opening of her fridge. In Shirley's kitchen, she's taking an apple from a, uh, from a bowl and uh, we see her walking uh, through the corridors of Hill House eating an apple. Theo is dancing in front of the television and it becomes dancing in the club. Theo is drinking water in the club and it becomes young Theo drinking water in Hill House Kitchen. Theo is reading uh, the report about Kelsey uh, in her bed and she switches off her night lamp. It becomes the switch in the kitchen of Hill House. So after this, and this is about 17 minutes in, it stops more or less. So it's really in the first half and I found it too, too, too much. If you're getting used to it, then it's done nicely, but it's it's just too much. Okay, second theme. Apart from the fact that Olivia's family seems to have several gifted, extra-sensitive members, everything still can be explained by the fantasy of the different characters. Also, the creature Luxies in the cellar. He is not hurt. Only his pajamas were torn. And when young Theo goes into the cellar, 
and finds a piece of Luke's pajamas, she says, you were so scared. My interpretation to that is that Theo thinks that Luke was so scared that he tore his pajamas out of anxiety by himself. Okay, I shortly have to stop because the church bells are starting to chime. It's 10 o'clock. Next theme. Uh, there are a lot of very nice close-up shots of Kate Siegel, who plays Theo. Sometimes she's very long uh, in the picture. And so, for instance, when she takes off her gloves, it goes very slowly. If she looks in the, in the face of Rick, so Kelsey's uh, foster father, also very long shots. And there is one specific shot when she's waiting in the car outside of Eileen and Rick's house. She's waiting there for the police. I thought, you just look like Angelina Jolie. I posted a set of comparison photos on the Facebook page. Fourth theme. I think they show us very nicely what it is all about Theo's hand gloves. Through her skin, she can feel people's mental state and has a sensitivity for what happened at certain locations. And sometimes this is all too overwhelming and she wants to block that. Olivia is also telling her that, that she has the same, especially when she has these migraine attacks and that her grandmother also had it. Theo nicely describes it to Kelsey in the beginning of the episode. You know, you're a lot, lot like me, Kelsey. When I was little, I was afraid of a lot of things. I didn't have to be, though. They were all in my head. I just didn't know that yet. But when I was scared, I would imagine myself building a big wall around me with the strongest bricks in the world. And when I got scared, I would imagine myself putting another one on, one after another, until the wall was so thick and so strong, I knew I would be safe in there forever. So I just said Olivia has the same kind of capability and perhaps she went crazy because so much has happened in Hill House. Especially we now know that there was a secret bootlegging operation in the basement of Hill House. When Olivia explains this to Theo, she is asking how she knew about a valuable bottle of wine and the ledgers. And she says, you know, your dad was telling me a story about the wine you found when you were clearing up the cupboard. How did you know? Young Theo says, I just guessed, Olivia. Like you guessed about the ledger? Well, the ledger, she found, is biological thinking and deduction. And of course, by believing her brother and not so much by her sensitivity. From Luke's description, where the letter in the cellar was, she could find a hedge. From there onwards, it was just her curiosity and bravery that brought her to the ledger. Wow, is this girl brave. Her mother also says that a little later, about seven minutes later in the episode. I find it a bit contradictionary that Theo tells Kelsey in the beginning of the episode that she would build imaginary brick walls around her when she was scared. Well, what we see when she's walking around Hill House, I don't see a very scared girl there. She's just very investigatory and very curious, but not scared. 
Okay, last time I told you I was uh, not so much into jump scares. In this episode, I experienced too. When young Theo is dancing and the door handle starts to turn and then also a sudden big blow to the door. The second jump scare was for me when the creature appears in Theo's flashlight beam. Other ones that could have been there but weren't there is uh, the Mr. Smiley face when Theo's blankets are pulled away. I was expecting something like that. And all the stuff that happened uh, when they are leaving Hill House. And furthermore, the rats in the Hill House cellar. Actually, my youngest son has two very nice pet rats. So rats don't have that effect on me. Furthermore, I have to admit that I watched the episode at about 1 a.m. in my bed. And when young Theo is going down the cellar in the house, and we just had the jump scare of uh, Theo seeing uh, the monster, I have to admit I switched off my tablet and watched it in the nice bright next morning. And <laughs> it was all much better. What I think is very nicely done is the hints of Mr. Spiley throughout the episode, starting in the beginning of the drawing of Kelsey with Mr. Smiley in the house and then on the, the whole family also drawn there. Furthermore, a little later, Theo is evaluating Kelsey's report and gets a kind of vision and is drawing Smiley on Kelsey's file with a typical one eye a little smaller than the other one. And then a little later when she has a jump scare, wake up in the middle of the night because the blankets are drawn away. She also sees Mr. Smiley herself. And then much later on when she is in the cellar of Eileen and Rick, she sees Mr. Smiley in the pattern of the wood of the ceiling of the cellar. Very, very nicely done. P.S. Kelsey's parents called Eileen and Rick are nowhere named in the episode like that. It's just on the credits. You can find these names. Okay, that was all for now. Greetings. Till next time, Fred from the Netherlands. All right. Well, obviously, the the idea that Kate Siegel, who plays the adult Theo, looks very much like Angelina Jolie. I, honestly, I think she's better looking than Angelina Jolie, but Angelina Jolie is beautiful in her own right. There's no question about that, but. Uh, uh, and uh, congratulate you yeah. on your birthday. I'm just, I'm, I'm starting to worry about Fred and this Angelina Jolie thing. Ah, uh, that's okay. That's okay. So, but, but you know, one of the things that I love, uh, I, I don't know what Angelina's marital situation is. There, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, you know, I, I, I love having Fred as a source of information because, you know, his perspective on things is different than mine and and i think to a certain extent different from yours and just to be able to ask him about things like halloween i mean obviously we could go to the the internet i guess and google it and look on wikipedia but you know i I just like getting it from somebody that's really living it so fred really appreciate you uh you know being there for us uh he's got a bunch of pictures for the kind of scenes that we talk about yeah Right, that uh, taking an apple becomes eating an apple, dancing in front of the TV becomes dancing in the club for Theo, and uh, I'm sure he'll post them in the Facebook group. But apart from the fact he says that Olivia's family seems to have several gifted members, 
everything can still be explained by the fantasy of different characters. And that's an interesting idea that this is all about their fantasies, I guess, positive, negative fears, hopes, motivations. You know, he mentions the creature that Luke sees in the cellar. You know, again, I mean, as he says that he thinks Luke maybe tore his own pajamas, that he was just so terrified down in uh-huh. that basement. So I, I, I don't know, you know, and, and I know you've said several times that you just want to like binge, get to the end of the season, find out what the heck's going on. And I'm going to keep trying to resist, but dude, I hear you. I'm, I'm so close. Yeah, I, I might have I might have done that. Olivia and why she ends up killing herself. I mean, what we learn in this episode, it's sort of pointing us in a direction where she's maybe a little too sensitive for her own good and that maybe the things that are going on in Hill House are just too much. But then again, as Fred says, you know, if this is really all about their individual fantasies, then do we go back to Shirley and Steven and just say that they're just a couple of blockheads and they they don't really yeah. know what really went on? I mean, right, I, right. I mean, I guess as we've said, Steven has seen a ghost now, but is that a fantasy? You know, I, I really like yeah. this idea, Fred. I, you know, well, like I said, I mean, yeah, I, I, I just think. Even at this point, the show could come around and explain most of this stuff through, you know, what we understand of the world now. Now, I don't, I I find that after this episode, I'm much less convinced than I was, you know, previously, um, where, especially after episode one, I was like, oh, this is going to be like just psychological. Like, no, this it's not really ghosts. It's just all, you know, people's psychology and their perceptions and everything. But, um, but I, you know, obviously from what I've seen here and like I said, I mean, I, I find a, uh, Theo's abilities and B the cloth in the middle of the, the room in the basement as kind of incontrovertible proof that there are supernatural elements at work here. No, I I would agree. And uh, Fred has a couple of pictures of his youngest son who has a couple of pet rats. Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's not that. No, no, not right. good. But, but he also has a picture. And I, I meant to bring this up when Theo is down in the young girl's basement lying on the sofa and she's looking up and the camera fixes on the wood paneling in the in the uh, ceiling mm-hmm. and do, do you remember that that scene yeah uh, yeah but i couldn't figure out what the significance if any well, the, the the knots in the wood kind of make this lopsided smile okay yeah that looks like the thing that she drew in the picture gotcha yep the two eyes and then the yeah okay yeah yep Ah, uh, really, uh, really creepy. This show, this show gets hooks in you, man. This show, yes, this show, this, this show stays with me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, 
So, well, Fred, thank you as always. And, and, you know, again, you probably already posted the pictures up on the Facebook group, but I'm sure you will, if you haven't already. Let's get on it, Fred. Come on. Chop, chop. So, all right. Well, anything else you want to bring up before we sign off here? No, I think, uh, I think got everything in, you know, sang twice project X. I think you might've, didn't you sing three times? No, just twice. Okay. I think just twice. Okay. Uh, Probably the Genesis song traumatized you so much and you're just waiting for it to end that, uh, yeah, you know, I, I me, agree with you, dude. I, Peter Gabriel Genesis is far superior. I, I yeah. you're, you're not going to get an argument from me. Yeah, for me, nothing one. after Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. I, I, I stopped after mm-hmm. that. So, all right. Well, listen, that's going to do it for us on this episode of Sci Fi TV Rewatch. We want to thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Haunting of Hill House, Dark uh, Travelers, which is not too far away. I'm almost done my season one rewatch. Encourage you to join the Facebook group. Share your thoughts with the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch community. And if you're already a member, spread the word. You can sign anybody up. And emails go to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. Voicemails via the Speak Pipe tab, which you can get on the website. And we'll be back next week to talk about Episode 4 of Netflix's horror series, The Haunting of Hill House, titled The Twin Thing. But until then... Yeah, it's funny. You know, my uh, my oldest uh, son just turned eighteen like a month and a half ago, and we we're just kind of reminiscing about his childhood. And my wife just looked at me and said, oh, "You know, that was that was really wild stuff, considering you were asleep for ninety nine percent of it." <laughs> <laughs>